Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Sunday Social. Our guest today is Dr. Tanya Anderson. She is the Assistant Professor of History and American Studies at the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, right here in Chickasha. And uh, Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. I have, I have, feel like I've been like playing phone tag with you because it's just been, we've been so busy in our own schedule, but now, now the event is here, so we got to talk about it. And it's really, really exciting. Tell me about the Dr. Ada Lois Buell Fisher Center for Social Justice and Racial Healing. Well, uh, first of all, the center basically came about as a result of uh, a grant for racial healing and transformation. And unfortunately, uh, we were not able to secure a grant for that, but we thought that USAO really needed that type of uh, feature on our campus. And so from that point, um, I've been interacting with different community leaders, uh, beating the bushes, trying to get support, and trying to find out what sort of problems exist within uh, diverse communities that could be addressed by the center. And first and foremost, the issue of healing, racial unity, as opposed to division, uh, that's first on the agenda. So whether one is white, black, Hispanic, Native American, polka dot, it doesn't matter. Um, we see, unfortunately, this trend of increased polarization. And um, from our standpoint, communities are only as strong as the weakest link, and being fragmented only weakens our communities. I agree with that. And you, you see a lot of that in the, in the Indian communities, in the Native communities. You know, um, and, and a, a huge thing that, uh, that we talk about is, is historical trauma. Mm. And that is a, a very real issue. I mean, you got to look at Thomas and I. I mean, we're only four generations off the plains. Mm. That's it. I mean, there are people who have had, um, you know, my ex-husband's family has their ranch settled in Texas for almost 200 years. And so that it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, I'm only four generations off the plains while... All of this other stuff, you know, we're, we're, our, the, our tribes were, were resisting. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, there's a lot of people that like to come with that, uh, I'll get over it. That didn't happen to you. That happened to people, you know, before you and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's always the argument for, um, you know, whenever people don't really want to acknowledge the damage that slavery and, and the native genocide has had on people. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of studies out there that shows that this, this can impact up to, I think it's four generations that historical trauma can, can impact up to four generations of something that happened because really um, when you break it down scientifically, it's just a it's a um, a survival instinct because when you're an animal and you know one animal goes up to the wrong other kind of animal gets eaten 
that's trauma for the rest of them. And they think, don't go near one of those again. And whenever the next generation is born, as soon as they see one of those, they might have never seen one in their life, but they already know instinctually that, you know, that they need to get away from that animal. So it's it's the same thing. And there's studies out there proving that historical trauma is a real thing and that, like you said, we're not that far removed from, I mean, even look at the boarding schools. That was, you know, one or two generations out from us. We still have boarding schools mm. in yeah. this. I mean, we've got, we still have Riverside that we support and that we're very proud of. And It's not nearly as bad as what it was. No, and, and, and Riverside. More embracing the culture than trying to beat it out of you. Well, and, you know, my mm. great-grandma. My granny, my own granny, was was one of the first, you know, generation of students there. My grandfather, who raised me, was a student out there at Riverside. Three oh, yeah. of my four grandparents, actually, were students out there at Riverside. Yeah, three of my dad's siblings graduated from Fort Sill Indian School, you know, so. And, and, and you know, so, I mean, we still have these issues. I mean, and, and there are still things that were going on then that continue to 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 go on and so let's talk about um let's talk about how this social justice project is is going to um you know improve our quality of life here because that's that's what we're trying to do well i mean one thing that is central for any and every person is their history and unfortunately, whether you're talking about uh, uh, African Americans, Native Americans, one thing that they share in common has been the assault on their history, on their personhood. And from my opinion, it is those stories that are carried out, uh, passed on, hopefully, by our elders that gives us strength, you know. Those stories help to shed light on how to survive, how to make it over. And uh, they are about identity. And so I think that uh, one element that's very important with this initiative is to incentivize young people to go and to talk to their elders, to record those stories, because as each elder is lost, that history that they carry, too, is lost with them. Absolutely. And we see that with our languages, with our tribal languages. That's where we feel it. That's where I feel it the most Mm. is that loss of language. I am not fluent in any of the of the three tribal languages that I should be. Not even close. Not Mm. even close. And and I know I know probably more Kiowa than a lot of people. I know, you know, a bit of Comanche. But I'm nowhere near speaking in full sentences, conversation type of, no, like that's not even, that's not even a thing. And, and that was, you know, that's part of that historical trauma. Whenever you have a whole generation of people that were beaten for speaking their language and were beaten Mm -hmm. for praying the way that they knew that, that they knew to pray and was uh, treated like less than humans just for, you know, living the way that the only way they know how to live. And, um, you know, it was kill the Indian, save the man. And so, 
it, that that really took a toll on the languages and and the languages what is it over 500 dialects in in North America that you know there's a lot of them that are gone already Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I will say is I can tell when I'm getting told off in Kaiwen. Now, now <laughs> I, I can understand those words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I when I grew up, there were enough, there were still enough fluent Kaiwa speakers around oh, yeah. to where yeah. to where those words, I, I know when they're dressing me down. I can, you know, and, and you know, mm. like yeah. as, as creator intended, I can't say anything back because, first of all, I don't know the language yeah. and just, you just don't yeah, talk my, back. My, so. grandma, my grandma is full blood Comanche fluent and she and this is the first time i've ever uh, i ever witnessed road rage was from my grandma when she was like in her 80s driving this half ton suburban (laughs) through anadarko and cussing at people but in comanche (laughs) and so you didn't know what she was saying but you knew it was bad (laughs) we had her playing duck hunt one day and she would cuss that dog the same way so I knew it was the same thing you, know? <laughs> you mean like the video game yeah. like that yeah, I, bet probably, I bet she was probably really good at yeah. it too and she was mad at that dog but yeah, um, but yeah so, get, so getting back to um, let's talk about the gala that's one of the, the things that's mm. that's very exciting and um, now this is a benefit to um, for uh for the uh, Dr. Ada Lois Buell Fisher Center for Social Justice and Racial Healing. And um, this is a fundraising gala, and it's going to feature keynote speaker Anita Hill, and that's going to be this upcoming Friday, uh, February 22nd. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that. Whew, well. Uh, right? <laughs> I mean, well, uh, when uh, the tiny grant that we applied for fell through, I told Sid Hudson, I said, Sid, I said, if the Lord wants this to happen, it's going to happen. And something told me to send uh, Anita Hill my ideas and see if she would help us. And you could have picked me up off the floor when I got an email saying I would love to and give Bruce Fisher, that's Ada Lois Sipuel Fisher's son, my best. And uh, so <laughs> that, uh, that really is the beginning of having a true foundation for this. And, uh, you know, she's coming out of her graciousness uh, to talk about social justice issues because Oklahoma has a social justice issue problem. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Several. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, many problems. Yes. It's compounding. Well, daily. I mean, when you when you look at um the suicide rate. Mm. Okay? Uh I think suicide is the leading cause of death for young people between the ages of 18 and 24. Easily. You know, in the nation, we have the eighth highest suicide rate in the nation. And what does that tell you? It, it indicates that there is a profound degree of hopelessness within our communities. And it is not just constant, uh, uh, around one particular group. It, suicide rates have increased across 
all racial demographics in this state. And, and you know, it, it's interesting that you say that because, I mean, it, especially in our Native community and in the Anadarko community, you know, we're both from Anadarko. And it, it just in the past few years, I mean, it's been an epidemic, mm-hmm. but we're noticing that across all ages, too. Mm. And that's, it, it, this is like you said, just like, like, like a cast of hopelessness. Well, mm-hmm. and, and this is something that's um, pretty near and dear to me anyway, because I used to actually work in prevention. And uh, one of the things that our grant did was suicide prevention. Um, so I, I went through quite a bit of training and learning a lot of that stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's about so much more, uh, you know, especially the way that we approach prevention was, um, basically attacking those key protective factors and risk factors. Mm-hmm. And you want to, you want to raise the risk, uh, raise the protective factors and lower the risk factors as much as you could. And so, you know, one thing that, um, that we always did was that trying to, build that community mm-hmm. that feeling of um of those kids feeling like they belong to something and you know that's that's really like what you're talking about you know learning mm-hmm. learning your history learning your culture um just because you don't know anything about it now it doesn't mean you can't start learning i mean it, it there's uh there's a lot of resources out there and you know a lot of people out there so well and that's that's a component that we are um, have incorporated into the center. We know that it is very important, like you said, for young people to have mentors who look like them. Yes. Okay? Oh, yeah. And uh, mentors that can provide uh, that protective shield, the guidance, that sense of belonging, that affirmation. Mm. And um, that is very important in, well, in all settings. But when we talk about the university setting, it is critical because how does one ensure or better ensure that a young person who has never been to college, whose parents or grandparents have never been to college, who's a first generation, how do we better ensure that they stay, that they graduate? Mm. And it is having that those resources, like a mentor, there yeah. to help guide them through. Let's talk about social justice and what it is, because I think that people have a... Um, I don't think people understand what it truly is. Well, let's be honest. People really have a negative connotation of social justice. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and and why? <laughs> I mean, that it's that's something that just it I it's always confused me. And and maybe and it's got to be because of I'm an American Indian woman. I see things a lot differently, and it's just, it's like, what's wrong with social justice, you know? Well, I mean, A, you have uh, the idea that, what is the term now? You're a liberal snowflake or something (laughs) like that, right? And social justice is very fundamental. If you take it to its most basic, basic components, it means the respect of human dignity and the protection of human dignity. P. 
pure and simple. And, you know, if you go through um, the Christian Bible, it talks about how a nation is judged. How is a nation judged? By the way that you treat the widow, by the way that you treat the stranger, by the way that you treat those who are marginal in your society. And if you treat those people with dignity and respect, then everyone theoretically is treated with that basic dignity and respect. And I think that we as a society have forgotten those basic, basic elements of civility. That's a very that's a very great point. And you know, one of the things too that that I really hope that this um, that this center accomplishes is to give students a safe space mm-hmm. to 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 be able to go there and say, look, I'm having these issues with X, Y, and Z, or I feel like I'm being discriminated against by this professor, and this is why, and what are my next steps? Because there is, there are a, there's a lot of political, people let their political and personal biases come mm. into their professions. It's just it's it's how it is. It, everybody well, does it. Everybody yeah, does it. We're human. But, yes, yes, but when you when you choose a profession where you're trying to guide young people or you're trying to expand minds or you know just kind of present the information, it, it especially when you're a student of color, mm-hmm. it you get into those classes with those with those professors and it's just you know that the standard is different for I hated, you i hated that how? part of the textbook in history where they went <laughs> to the indian part any uh, part where there's indians and you're the only indian in class and, and you, you just know they're gonna well what do you think about and i'm you don't want to hear what i think about this. <laughs> not right yeah. well i mean you're absolutely right uh it is essential for the center to provide a safe space. And actually, we've already started. We had uh, a workshop on campus called Changing the Racial Narrative. And in that space, we talked about difficult subjects. We talked about white guilt. We talked about the different stereotypes that exist amongst each group and how we can use those against ourselves and how those outside of the group can use those things as well. And what does that mean and how do we deal with that? And uh, I was really, really pleasantly surprised that students were able to deal honestly, you know, with those issues, and we could talk it out and unpack it and look at the history, and it goes back to history, where things come from. And and where your education comes from. Yes. And and how you were raised and, and taught and, and what you believe. I mean, for, for me being as far to the left and as 
shall we say, uh, with such colorful language, <laughs> much to the chagrin of my very devout Southern Baptist grandmother. Uh, you know, I, my folks were very conservative, mm-hmm. very, I mean, yes, registered Democrats, but very conservative Democrats mm, yeah. and Christian Southern Baptist conservative <laughs> Democrats, and so um, it, it's it really does matter that that kind of because because I, I still you know I still bring a lot of that, mm-hmm. but it's just I've been very fortunate to have been encouraged to get that education and to continue to learn and to I I'm I my 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 father's mother my my paternal grandmother was a first grade teacher on the res out in New Mexico mm-hmm. and so it was important to her that I read early and I'm so thankful for that because I think that that's something that we lose nowadays and so I think that getting back to this just like like this just the basics mm-hmm. of let's treat people well and let's learn from from each other well I mean that is an excellent point there because education is key. And unfortunately, we can use education in a positive way to grow and learn through listening, (laughs) Uh, which we tend not to do as much. Uh, Or we can use our education in a negative way uh, in which we uh, pontificate all the time and we hear nothing. You know, and, um, you know, the thing about looking at basic human dignity, it doesn't matter whether you're liberal, conservative, whatever, libertarian. It makes no difference because we're talking about something that is a nonpartisan issue. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about um, is, is just we should just let's just do away with the party system. Let's just say, hey, are you qualified for this? That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother show. And I realize that. But <laughs> that's my dream. I'm, I'm still rooting. We talk about, it's something we talk about here I'm still a lot. rooting for complete chaos. I want to see both, <laughs> both parties collapse from the inside. And like like France, where they have like 27 people like going for the, you know, the presidency. <laughs> well, we're, we're, hey, we're just about there with the Democrats right yeah, now. But, I mean, um, yeah. So uh, let's get back to uh, to the uh, to the gala and to um, how we can support this um, center for social justice and racial healing. Um, because uh, Anita Hill, she is coming next Friday, and she's going to be at the Oklahoma History Museum. Now tickets are a hundred dollars a piece. Yes, and there are sponsorship. Uh, opportunities available. And so if you want more information about tickets or sponsorship opportunities, all you got to do is call Cassandra Ursland at USAO. That's the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma here in Chickasha. And that her number is 405-574-1393. That's Cassandra Ursland. And uh, if you want tickets to uh, to see Anita Hill speak, uh, if you want to uh, do for a sponsorship to the uh, to the Center for uh, Social Justice and Racial Healing, uh, Cassandra can hook you up with all that. And once again, her number is 405-574-1393. Now, um, let's talk about what's, uh, what we can look forward to with the center. What, what kind of events do you have uh, coming up other um, 
I mean, we know Anita Hill's coming. I'm so excited, but um, <laughs> I, I can't Dude. wait. I'm going to be there. Uh, but yeah, so let's let's talk about some of the other things you got going on and some plans that you have for the future. Well, one uh, deals with a series of workshops. It is uh, essential to try to change the racial narrative because otherwise our communities remain polarized. And the type of problems that exist, let's say, in the Native American community, in the African American community, and so forth, uh, they are more emphasized in those communities, but they are a reflection of systemic problems that exist in the state. And when you have communities really coming together, around those systemic problems, whether we're talking about the, that so many, the majority of people in Oklahoma really work like the Dickens, but not with a living wage, you know? And when we see that sort of pattern happening across communities, if we can come to the table and get together, then we have more clout, more leverage as a group over that issue, as an example. I think that that's a great point because I don't think that people understand the power that they have on the local level. Mm. And that's something that we talk about on our show too, is that, you know, if people would mobilize on the ground in their yes. own communities, they could completely change the the governmental structure the way of life mm -hmm. we talk about that in anadarko because it's 75 percent approximately american indian population mm -hmm. and and none of them vote yeah. <laughs> none of them will, i mean somebody always, they might vote yeah. in the tribal election but as far as the stuff that that affects them in their daily life like mm -hmm. their like their sales tax rate for their city don't care about it ignore it when you know if they could feel a candidate, an Indian candidate who they could, who everybody could get behind, you know, there are no, there's, there's, I think there might be one or two natives on the school board now, but there are none mm. in, on city council. There are no native county commissioners. And, and you're talking mm -hmm. about the Indian capital of the world. Mm. And so, yeah. th so this is, I'm, I'm very excited about this. So how do we start to motivate our communities to this end? Well, my opinion, and we'll see once yes. <laughs> it gets tested, is uh, first and foremost by uh, working with those recognized community leaders that people trust, not, not a puppet, not, you know, some veneer, but people that are respected and then you know through that having community meetings talking and being present in the community you know like with the workshops and you know having center activities that are tailored to deal with certain needs that are specific to that community and developing legitimacy in that way and I think that helps to build momentum because the same type of apathy that you're talking about in the Native American community, um, it exists in the African American community. 
you know. And so, uh, and, and part of that is because people have grown accustomed to being neglected and ignored, you know, uh, or betrayed even. Yes. And uh, it's, it's really trying to establish a legitimate base that seeks to do something for the people, not for political ends. That's beautiful. Our guest today for Sunday Social is Dr. Tanya Anderson. She's an assistant professor of history and American studies at the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. And uh, so she has uh, been working very, very hard. And uh, the Dr. Ada Lois Sipuel Fisher Center for Social Justice and Racial Healing, uh, we're having a fundraising gala for that. That's going to be this upcoming Friday, February 22nd at the Oklahoma History Center in Oklahoma City. If you want more information or if you want tickets or if you want to know about sponsorship opportunities, you need to call Cassandra Ursland at USAO at 405-574-1393. That's 405-574-1393. Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you come back and visit with us because we still have a bunch of questions that we still didn't even get to get to. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And this was fun. Thank you. I'm so glad you had a good time. It is. It's a lot of fun. So come back and talk to us because we've got, there's a lot of issues that, Mm -hmm. that, that affect our communities. And it's just like you said, unless we talk about them and get them out there, we're never, ever, ever going to be able to overcome them. That's true. Thank you so much, everyone. Join us again next week for Sunday Social. I'm Kelly J. Lewis for Thomas Ware III and Dr. Tanya Anderson. Have a great day.